Welcome this morning. It's good to be here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather today to hear more about you. Lord, we thank you that uh, you are good to us. Lord, that you have words for us. You have things in store for us. And we just want to come next to you, Father. And I pray that today my words will be yours. Lord, they be straight from the throne room. Lord, give us peace. Lord, open our ears and our hearts to what you have to speak to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. First, it's good to see this is art. I have only heard about art. And so to hear the stories of how he faithfully served here, um, actually it kind of bodes and flows well with what we're going to be talking about today in the act of life. Um, someone who went out, did much, and the, heard the stories of going in the morning when it was snowing and being the first one there. And so this is what we love to see. This is what excites Christ. And so welcome, Art. It's good to meet you. It's good to finally put a face to the name. So, we are going through the Real Life series. If you haven't been here, we've already done the R and the E. Uh, we have the redeemed life, the empowered life, the active life, and the listening life. The phrase I've been using is, let's act it out. And the why I'm using this is we have touched on the first two acronyms, the redeemed and the empowered, and we've been emphasizing just scriptures throughout Acts, right? We are the church of Acts. It's not dead. Like, it's just only the beginning. And so we want to be like those people. We want to act out the faith that, I mean, that we are following. And so we want to act it out. Uh, we, want to, to, we want to do this for the mission statement. And the mission statement is this. To see lives transformed by Jesus in the Okanagan Valley. I hope this ad nauseum makes you, like, he's saying it again? Like, this is what we want to keep in the forefront of our minds. This is why we do church. This is why we do what we do. We want to see others come to know Christ. Right? We've been redeemed. Now we want to see others redeemed. So the first week, redeemed by the gospel to share the gospel. It was the catchphrase. We are redeemed by the gospel so we can share the gospel. Our second week, it was the empowered life. Last week, we have all of Christ, but does he have all of us? We talk about how sometimes we believe it would be nice if Jesus were right beside us, right? I mentioned that last week. It would be nice if he was right here, Jesus, right beside me. How awesome would it be? We had a hard theological question. Jesus, what's the answer? Boom, he tells us. We're at a church community meeting. You have your community groups. Ah, oh, I didn't buy enough chips. Ran out. Boom, Jesus like, more chips. Chips multiply. <laughs> and then there's 12 more bowls, right? Because this is how he works. He gives us more than we need. Your dog dies. Jesus brings him back to life. Boom. Your cat dies. Jesus helps you dig a hole. Just kidding. <laughs> I love cats. Jesus loves cats. And so, if you are a cat person, do not be offended. I love cats. Jesus, I'm sure he loves cats. He made them. <laughs> but anyways, Jesus needed to die and resurrect. And he left us the spirit behind. We can live inside of us. And now we can do greater things. Right? We mentioned that. We can do greater things. And we're like, greater things? What does that look like? Like, how do you mean greater things? I believe it's two things, because our works are greater now 
because we can reach farther than he did. Not that we're bigger or better than Jesus, but the spirit of Jesus is now inside of all of us. He can only do so much in the flesh, but he can do so much now through us, through his spirit in us now. The second thing is, our preaching and testifying to Jesus' finished work leads lost people to the salvation that his miracles only foreshadowed. And Jesus' miracles were signs pointing to the greatest of all miracles, salvation of the world from the curse of sin, right? What's great? It's great to see an arm grow back. It's great to see the blind see again. But what is truly greater, seeing a, a limb temporarily healed or a, a healing of a temporary limb because we're only earthly bodies or the salvation of a life? That is greater. So this is why it's greater. Here we go. I've even started on the A and I'm already preaching. I've got to get over the empowered and I've got to move to the active life here. So... <laughs> So the Christ spirit is now inside of us and it empowers us to live life with Christ well. That's why we're empowered people. It should excite you. It excites me so much. Because his spirit is for all of us, right? Only, and it's in us, only if we're going to let him fill us up. And if I use that, uh, what is it, prop? Yeah, we'll call it a prop. I had the little ninja in the water and it had fruit in there. And the fruit's in there. But how we get that fruit all in us, and that's not very good English, but how we get that fruit rising up within us is we activate it. We pray, we read our Bible, and that spirit begins to fill us up more. So, his spirit does many things in our lives, as I pointed last week. Now let's move on to the A, the active life. This describes what we are called to do. And how we are called to be representatives of Jesus in our world. We gather at the weekends and then we scatter throughout the week. We serve our church, but then we also seek to serve our community. This is the act of life. So have you ever watched somebody do something and said this? I can do that. We've all been there, right? I can do that. Me and my wife, I'm actually my family, we like American Ninja Warrior. And we're like, oh, that doesn't look that hard. Then we go to the playground, and we're just simply on the monkey bars, and we're struggling. And we're like, oh, maybe I can't do that. You were, my kids watch this YouTube channel called Dude Perfect. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. You can Google it later. These are these Christian guys, and they do trick shots. And so their trick shots are amazing. So they'll be jumping on a trampoline at one end of the basketball court with a basketball in their hand, and then they'll throw it, and it'll get into the hoop. And so they just, they just have this YouTube channel, and they're millionaires now. Uh, naturally, welcome to our age. Uh, and they just do trick shots. They also do these battles. They do these battles where there's five of them, and they'll do a sport, and then they'll compete against each other to see who will win. And so there's one that we were watching as a family. They're on this wee bit. Anybody know what a wee bit is? I think I have a picture. This is the wee bit. You might see this downtown Kelowna on Lake Okanagan this summer. Yeah, so this is the wee bit. So they're running around this course. They have a Nerf gun, and they're having to shoot targets and things like that, and they're just spent at the end. And me and my wife and kids were like, this would be so cool if we could go on a wee bit. 
And lo and behold, we moved to Kelowna, and there is one. <laughs> and so Malachi and Zion, they were excited to go on the wee bit. They go on the wee bit. Kim stays back with Evie and uh, Jude because they aren't old enough. And so I go on the wee bit. And so here I am. I'm running along the wee bit. And I'm thinking I'm pretty good. Like, I'm athletic. I am an athletic person. Both me and my wife are very athletic. But our athleticism was no match for the wee bit. <laughs> I have a video here to describe some of maybe how he had fallen on this wee bit. So those were some of it. We probably accomplished all of those falls, me and my wife. Um, and so I went out. I got demolished by it. Kim goes out, and she's super excited. And I could see her out there just falling down and falling down. And as a good husband, I act concerned. <laughs> I'm like, oh, poor babe. Actually, I was like trying to, I took out my phone. I was like, why can't I get closer? <laughs> and I was trying to videotape her. And so even though Kim and I are athletic people, we have, like, the gifts. You can throw a football like nobody's business. Um, I played basketball. But if you don't exercise, if you don't, you're not active, then it takes you a little bit of time to get used to being active again. Like, if you're running and you haven't run for, like, a year, you're not going to be able to run how you ran a year ago. It's going to take some time to build up that, that uh, with the breathing, build up the energy again. Basketball, I play basketball. If I took a year off, like I have the skills to still dribble, but I'm not going to be able to play like how I used to play. So now to translate the story into the message, so I have this athletic ability placed inside of me. So in this walk with Christ, I had this gift placed inside of me. Because God has created me in, with an ability, but this ability, this talent, is useless until it's active. My athletic ability, I can talk about it all I want, but am I actually using it? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 47. I also have it up here. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, 12 verse 47. We'll spend a lot of time in this verse. Says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So, what is this saying? What is this saying? It's saying this 
We each have a gift. The Spirit empowers a gift inside of us. Actually, we're born with natural abilities and natural talents. But he's saying in current terms, it's saying this. You got skills. You have talent. You have the ability, because Christ has given you the ability. You are talented people. Now with that verse in mind, let's, think, let's turn to this verse. Matthew 11, 11 says this. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Sorry, John should be capitalized. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. What is this saying? And it was believed that no one fulfilled their God-given purpose better than John the Baptist. So then how, how can this be true? Like, how is this, how is this truth? Because even the least believer in the church knows the truth about the resurrection and has the Spirit of God permanently fused to his soul. So think about that for a minute. Right now, let's see, with this scripture in mind, somewhere, some, someone somewhere in the kingdom of God is saying they're the least gifted of all Christians' lives. And sometimes we've even said that. I don't have any gifts. I don't have any talents. I feel like I'm the, the bottom of the barrel. It could be true. And maybe Jesus was just trying to make a point. But he mentions the least in the kingdom of God. Sometimes I'm like, maybe it's actually me, Jesus. Maybe I'm the least. Yet, even if this is true, Jesus says you are more, have more potential for the kingdom of God than John the Baptist. So if you're saying my talent isn't that good, or I'm not as talented as that person, if you feel like the least, you are more talented than what they say John the Baptist did. Because we have the Spirit of God inside of us. You have great spiritual heritage and potential because you have seen and known Christ and his finished work on the cross, and now the Spirit of God living, is living in you. You are talented because of the Spirit. So Christ has promised us a gift, an ability, inside all of us. He's promised that inside of us. Even if you feel like the least, you are so, so talented. You have all the ability because of the Spirit inside of you. Do you know somebody, or you know of someone... Who's ever, you've given them a gift and they don't use it. We all know someone. Like a gift that's actually supposed to be used. Not a gift that's supposed to be like on the mantle, it's supposed to be looked at. But like a gift like basketball shoes or um, a guitar or things like that. I know somebody, my father-in-law. Yes, I'm outing him right here in front of you all. <laughs> Kim and I were in Portland, Oregon. That's where we went to Bible school. And I, as a poor college student, didn't have very much. But I want to eventually ask this man to marry his daughter. So I need, I need to spend all of my money in order to make her happy. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but he is a big Green Bay Packers fan. I saw this Green Bay Packers jacket on sale. I was like, this is perfect. I am going to win him, his love over of me with this jacket. So I spent, it was like 30 bucks. I don't know. <laughs> but to me, I had $35. And so that was a lot. And so I buy this jacket for him. And I'm like, this is it. I'm the best soon-to-be son-in-law in the whole entire world. 
Uh, he has this beautiful jacket now. And it works perfect. He's from Saskatchewan. It's cold. I know it's cold. I lived there for 11 years. This is going to be perfect for him. He gets the jacket. He loves it. I'm like, yep, I know. But he doesn't wear it. It's like, does he really love it? And so I bought him this gift, and it sits nicely on this rack beside his bed, not to be used, only to be seen, I guess. And I'm not sure what the purpose of a jacket is, but the last time I checked, it's supposed to be worn. And so he doesn't wear it, but he likes it so much. And God bless him. And please, I know this is being videotaped. I hope he does not watch it. (laughs) He really liked it, but the purpose of it was to be worn, to be used. He didn't want it to get wrecked. He just keep it on the side. And I appreciate that. I really do. But let's keep that in mind. We have this gift, and sometimes we don't want to use it. We're afraid to use it. Like, what will people think of me? I don't, I'm a little bit scared of it. We have these talents. We don't want to step out because, like, oh, I'm not sure how people are going to react. But we've all been given a gift to be used. This is my father-in-law has been given a jacket to be used. Just as even though we are the least in the kingdom, and we feel like that sometimes, we are greater and those who have gone before us in Scripture because of the Spirit of God inside of us. Let's look back at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 7. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the common good. The NLT says this verse 7 like this. If it's up there, maybe. Yes. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. For the profit of the whole body. To edify the different members of the church. And to be thus used. And not for the purposes of pride and division. That's not what he gives us talents and gifts for. That's why he has blessed us with all these different diversities inside of us. Not for our edification, but for the edification of others. So our gifts for us, they are for us. They help us realize who we are and how God's created us. But more importantly, they're for the community. They're for those we rub shoulders with. They're for those that we fellowship with here on Sundays. They're not given to you for your own amusement, for your own self-aggrandization. They were given to you so God could do his work through you in the church. This is why we've got to be active. This is the act of life. One of the problems in Corinthians had is that they boasted to one another about their spiritual gifts as if their spiritual gifts elevated them above others. Some would be like, Oh, I got the spiritual gift of prophecy and healings. And like, what do you got at administration? Oh, that stinks. And so, (laughs) like, this is how they were acting in Corinthians. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm better than you. Look at my gifts, right? So Paul is going to tell them here that not only is that a horribly immature attitude, and sometimes we're like, oh, yeah, I've never done that. But it shows, you don't, we don't always under fully understand the gospel. We don't get the gospel. That's not what the gospel's about. 
The gospel is that the highest identity you could ever have is to have the absolute approval of God in Christ. If you have Christ's righteousness credited to your account, there is nothing you could do to achieve a more elevated status before God. You have simply reached it. You have accepted him. You are beautiful in his eyes. You are part of the royal family. He calls you sons and daughters. Any gifts that you have, great. The talents for the kingdom, but he doesn't view you any differently. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. So having a spiritual gift is not your prize. What sets, it's, not what, it's what sets you apart sometimes. Excuse me, sometimes. Wouldn't be a week if I choked on my spit once again. And so, having the righteousness of Christ, being a treasured son or daughter of God, that is your boast. Now what we got out of this verse is that we get a gift. When we all love gifts. We all love gifts. But what this chapter speaks to is that we need each other. Not only to build each other up, but to also understand God. We can't understand God without each other. So let me expand on that. Verse 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. If we continue down in, chapter, uh, in this chapter, into verse 12, he's going to use this analogy of the body. Every member of the body is part of one body. The same life, the same person is in each member. But each member is unique and performs a different function. So God has set it up so that we need each other. He said, you guys need each other. We all have different functions. I need you to act out that gift that I've given to you so somebody else can understand me better. So God has set it up that we need each other. One of God's agendas is to go at war against our self-sufficiency. We see this in our world. People feel they're very self-sufficient. What God wants to do, he wants to come at war with that, realizing that we need other people. So he communicates part of himself to one person, and then communicates part of himself to somebody else. So that without one another, we can never experience God. I have drawn closer to God because of my relationship with my wife. She experiences God in a different way. Her talents are different than mine. I wouldn't be the person I am up here today without my wife. And that's because this. She has different gifts and talents than I do, and she uses those talents. And it draws me closer to God. Because that's what we're here to, draw each other closer to God. So, the only way to know all of Jesus, to know all of him, the only way to experience all the power of Jesus is to be connected with other believers. There is no lone ranger spirituality, no shooting from the hip. There is no, I can complete in Christ, I am complete in Christ, and therefore I don't need the church. We are complete in Christ. But the way God continues to work in your life is through intimate connection with his body, the local church, with others around you. So what do these gifts look like? I've been talking about these gifts. Jeremy, let me open up the gift. So if we can flip to the next slide, we have 1 Corinthians 12. Here are some of the gifts they talk about. There's the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, 
the gift of faith, the gift of gifts of healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. We've all been blessed with one of these. And there's more. There are five more lists, actually. 1 Corinthians 12, 28, 13, 3, Romans 12, 6 to 8, 1 Peter 4, 9 to 11, Ephesians 4, 11 to 14. And some of the gifts that are in those verses are this, leadership, mercy, pastoral guidance, encouragement, administration, giving, grace, hospitality, comma, intercession, apostleship, and of course, celibacy. These are all gifts that he's given to us, talents that he's given to you. And not everyone has, not, there's not one person who has them all. Sometimes the gifts are more permanent. Sometimes they are temporary. Sometimes the power of God came upon you for a time or a season to do one thing and then not again. And maybe you're more encouragement, but then this time came where you felt you should intercede, and that's not, you don't feel the need to always intercede, but then at that moment you felt like you needed to. God graced you with that gift in that moment to intercede. Sometimes, and in fact often, they are in rhythm with your natural abilities. The Spirit of God takes some natural talent that we might have and supercharges it and anoints it for us and his kingdom. Other times, and more rarely, they are completely foreign foreign to your, nat- your natural gifts. So, how do you know what you have? And it's qu- real quickly, there's three ways you can know how, what you have. There's affinity. Anybody know what? Oh, I was a teacher inside of me. So I say, anybody know what affinity is? Raise your hand. I can't. <laughs> Inf- affinity is this. A spontaneous or natural liking. I don't have it up there. Ability is th- this. Possession of the means or skill to do something. And affirmation is this. Somebody affirming, saying, I see this inside of you. And so there are three ways to know that you have a gift. Affinity, a spontaneous or natural liking to something. An ability, you have the skills inside of you. You possess it already to do that thing. An affirmation, somebody says, I see this inside of you. This is just natural to you. You just naturally know how to to encourage people. So, how do we do this? What does being active look like? And this is what we're going to close with. Let's turn to Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. So we've got to act it up. In those days... When the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. The proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, 
also Philip, Procorius, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So we see the apostles, like, we're just, we realize these people are being overlooked. What do we need to do? We need more help. We need more people. And so they call these seven people, and they're probably thinking, oh man, I'm going to be an apostle. This is it. And they call, and they're like, actually, we need you to, to help us out. We need you to help wait on tables. People, they were not flowing really well here. We're short. The widows, they're not getting treated evenly. It's what they feel like, right? So we need to make sure this runs smoothly. So we see Philip serve as a volunteer. So, and from this, we get our word deacon, right? This is the word deacon shows up. And a deacon, what a deacon means is this. A servant or a minister. Sometimes in the body, we like to put titles on things. Deacon. So we have deacons throughout here. But as I read this, what I see is that we are all deacons. Right? If we go off the servant or minister, right? We are ministers of the word of God. We are to be like Jesus, who's the ultimate servant. Therefore, we don't need somebody in the body to tell us, you're a deacon. We are all servants or ministers of the word. We all need to serve in the body. We all need to help out. We all need to activate the gifts inside of us in this place. And we need to exercise these gifts because it transforms us. And what a great way, perfect place to transform people by activating the gifts inside of us in this place. This is a safe place to learn. This is a safe place to grow. This is a safe place to encourage. This is a safe place to do things. This is a safe place to be active. To be active people. Because if we want to see revival break out there, we need to see revival happen in here. So as we gather in this place, we practice our gifts. We grow in our gifts. We're like Philip. We're all deacons. We have ample opportunities to serve in this place. In many areas where those giftings we spoke about, they can be illuminated. And we see this in the New Testament a lot. We can say they were being persecuted. They were being threatened. They had to flee for their lives. And if we turn here, let's turn to Acts chapter 8 now. We see this. Philip, he's serving in the church. And we know that Stephen, shortly after this, in chapter 7, he gets stoned. Paul comes. He's wreaking havoc on the church. And then Acts 8, it says this. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And if we continue on, we go down there. We see Philip, in verse 4, say, Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. And so what I see in Acts is this. We gather to scatter. We gather here to scatter. 
We come to this place to gather, to be built up, to exercise our gifts, to exercise our talents. And then we scatter. And if we went back to that Acts, act of life right at the beginning, you see how the scattered was there in commas or parentheses or whatever your quotations, English major right here. Um, it's because we are to go out and scatter. We are to go out to share the gospel. And we could say this, well, they were persecuted. Like, they had to scatter. They had to go. They had to. We're facing persecution today, too. We can think of many ways that the government's trying to come against our religion. The, the so many societies are trying to come against what we believe. We are being persecuted. We really are. We need to gather. We need to scatter. The magnitude's not like that in India. We see it differently. and We need to come together to activate our gifts so we can go out into the, bo- into the world to share. The scattered help the advancement of the gospel. And I'll just call up the worship team as I finish off here. The scattered, it helped the advancement of the gospel. They need to scatter to advance the gospel. We need to scatter to advance the gospel. We need to take our gifts and our talents and go out and scatter amongst the people. But the gathering, the gathering we do here, helped with the advancement of their gifts, talents, and faith so they could be scattered well. We want to be scattered well. We want to go out well. This is the place where we find out who we are. Even sometimes we know who we are. We know how we were created. Let's scatter well. We see that the leaders, they weren't scattered. They were the ones that actually stayed. It says everyone but the apostles was scattered. So the natural thing for an apostle was to go out and share the gospel. But what it says is that the body of Christ was scattered. And we see Philip, what does he do? He goes out and he shares. Shares of the goodness of Christ. Shares of what Christ has done. Because that prepared him, his gathering here on Sundays prepares us to be scattered well. And so the act of life is this. We come, we know, we hear, we exercise what has been placed inside of us. And then we go out and we scatter amongst our workplaces, our circles, and we exercise those gifts that have risen within us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and how it's always pointing us forward. It's all about the advancement of your kingdom. It's about the advancement of us. Lord, not for our namesake, Lord, but we want to become more like you. Lord, we, when we become more like you, we become more active members. And so I thank you that the act of life is that you've placed gifts and talents within us Many that you've given us. And Lord, it is great. And we'll see great things done. And so if we encourage, let us encourage in this place. If we're pastoral, let us be pastoral. If we're hospitable, let us be hospitable. If we feel like if we can pray for somebody and we're going to see them healed, let us pray for healing. 
We feel if we have a word that's going to push someone forward, as in a prophetic word, pray that we'd give it safely, knowing that that's what it's about, always pushing someone forward, never pulling them back. Lord, I thank you that you didn't just leave us alone, that you died on the cross, that you said, let's do this together. And so we come to be active in this place so we can be so active outside of this place. We gather to scatter. And so let us scatter well, Father. I thank you that you've placed talents and gifts within all of us. Amen.